the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Hi, this is Tony Penning, assistant producer of Real Talk with Dr. David Anderson. Back in June, Dr. Anderson gave a fantastic Father's Day message at Bridgeway Community Church, where he's the founder and senior pastor. Now, dads need encouragement every day, not just on Father's Day. So I thought it would be a great idea to elevate dads today, even if it is October. Here's to you, dads. Enjoy. Happy Father's Day, Bridgeway. I'm David Anderson, the founding and senior pastor here at Bridgeway Community Church here in Columbia, Maryland, in Owens Mills and in Reisterstown. If you are a father of any kind, would you stand to your feet here uh, as well as in Owens Mills so we can just bless you and thank you for being fathers. Look at all those men. Look at all those gentlemen. Happy Father's Day. Let's pray together. Lord Jesus, we thank you for being a good, good father. We know you're the perfect one, but thank you for the ones we have or had. And we pray that today's message would be a blessing to each and every person under the sound of my voice. In the name of Jesus, we pray together. Everyone said amen and amen. You know, the scripture is telling us we're supposed to honor our parents, especially our father and our mother. Now, to be honest, it seems easy on Mother's Day to honor mothers because so many of us feel this great affection for our moms. But for dads, well, uh, not so much. But today, we're not going to talk about the fathers who aren't there. Today. We're not going to focus on fatherlessness and the ones who didn't show up. Today, we're not going to bash men. Today, we're going to lift them up. Today, we're going to do what the scriptures say in Exodus and Ephesians. Honor your father. And we want to do that today. We did that for mothers on Mother's Day, May 13th. If you want to see it, you can go to my Facebook page, at Anderson Speaks, and find it there. Or you can go out to the lobby and get the CD of that message where we talked about being pushed by a mother. But today, it's the fathers. It's the ones that are working hard, loving their spouses, and trying to raise their children in the admonition of the Lord. The ones that are trying to do their best. The ones that did the best they could. Let's give it up for them one more time. It's the fathers who tried to do their best. The way we're going to lift them up is I'm going to talk to you about the father's need. What does a father need? That's the title of my message. And I'm going to talk to you about what a father needs, what a father wants, what a father loves, and what a father hates. Two things for each of them. What does a father need? Here are the two things I think he needs. Admiration and authority. Admiration 
and authority, admiration. Every man wants to be looked up to by his woman and by his children. He needs to be their superhero. He needs to be their action hero. I even heard a woman who's 40-something this week reflect on her father as she and her sisters would, as little girls, go jump on the bed and the father would, would literally transport the little girls to space. The young daughters would, would literally feel like they were going to space because their dad was a superhero who could take them there. Every man wants to be admired by his kids and by his wife. But a second thing he needs, if you want the kind of man that, that God desires in him to be godly and to be good and to be motivated, he needs authority, his rightful place that God has given him. In fact, if we go back right to the beginning of time when God created all things, he created the man Adam. Adam looked around and saw there was a male-female combination in all the different species of animals, but he himself was alone. It says in Genesis 2 that God the Father performed the first divine operation. Surgery was afoot. He laid the man down. He put him to sleep, and then he took out of his rib the side of the man, and he took that rib, and he formulated and fashioned it into a woman. It goes on to say that that man named the woman creatively woman. And as he named her woman, something is interesting in the picture here. You have Adam and Eve, and while he could have created Eve from the foot, he didn't because she was never supposed to be under him. He could have created Eve from the head, but she was never purposed to be over him. Isn't it interesting that God created man's helpmate? From his side. So they would walk together side by side, hand in hand, arm in arm, shoulder to shoulder, that they would be equal partners under the very value of a God who has made both of them in his own image. But yet, man would have authority over woman because he gave Eve her name. He named her. When he named the animals, it gave authority. When you name your children, it's because they're born under your covering as a family. The Anderson children have the Anderson last name. We gave them their first names. Now, they can change it when they get older. They're equal human beings. They can do whatever they want. They may say, I don't like it. I don't want to be under this covering. I don't want to carry your name. But by coming up under our name, that gives them a sense of safety, a sense of covering, a sense of belonging, a sense of family. That's why when a woman marries and she takes the man's name, it's as if she's saying, now I'm coming up under your covering, your authority. Now, every woman doesn't have to do it, and every woman doesn't do it, and I'm not trying to make any statements here. You can do whatever you, know, whatever you want. But I'm giving you a sense of what it looked like in the Garden of Eden when there is that authority that a man is given. Doesn't make him any better, any worse. She's to the side of him, but he was able to name her. He was the source from which she came. And let me tell you something. If a man doesn't feel like he has authority, he will be disrespected in his own home by his wife and by his kids. And let me tell you something. That is a man that is not only not happy, it's probably one you don't respect very much. Because it's important for the man to feel like he's the king. 
feel like he's the head of the house. Not to abuse or misuse, but he needs to feel that authority. Whatever your father needs are kids that will obey him, kids that will listen to him, kids that understand that he is the authority. And even in a marriage, you know, while men have the authority, women have the influence. Uh, listen, if you don't give the man the authority, you don't have to. But if you don't, what will happen is, ladies, you will take control and after a while you will lose respect for him. Because you're telling him what to do, when to do it, and you have pushed him into the corner of passivity. And once you push him in the corner of passivity, guess what? You now lose respect for him, and now you're looking for somebody that'll be a real man. Can't have our cake and eat it too, can we? I like the way Amber puts it. She says that I'm the head of the house, but she's the neck that turns the head. <laughs> So yes, man may be the head, but woman is the neck. And without the neck, you can't even have the head. And so we know the ones who have the true influence, but at least make us feel like. <laughs> We're not always that smart, but at least make us feel like it. In fact, every now and then, I just rise up in my house and I'll say to Amber, look. I am the man of this house. I'm the head of this house. You will do what I say when I say it, woman. I say it just like that to her when she's not home. Oh, in my own mind, I'm the, I'm the man. When she's not in church at the service, next service, I don't know what I'm going to say. What does a man need? He needs admiration. He needs authority. Those two things. But what does a man want? A man wants two things. He wants acknowledgement and he wants advancement. Let me explain. Acknowledgement. Every man needs his wife and his kids to appreciate and acknowledge what he contributes. He's never going to win the game of who contributes more. Mom's always going to win. Mom does a whole lot. But dad still needs to know that he's acknowledged. In fact, appreciation is often the secret fuel to get one's husband to continue good behavior. Let me say that again. You, you ready for this one? That wasn't even an amen. That was like, mm. okay. So let me go ahead and say it again for all those who said, mm. Appreciation is often the secret fuel to getting one's husband to continue good behavior. Now, although moms get a lot of love, and they should, don't forget the contribution of the father. In fact, without his sincere and initial contribution, the child wouldn't even exist. Some of you know exactly what I mean. <laughs> that it all began with his initial contribution. But his initial contribution doesn't make him a father. It makes him a donor. And his ongoing contribution is what, in raising the child, is what makes him a dad. We need more dads and less donors. Now, dads, we don't get credit for our donation. We get credit for our participation. So it's important for us to participate in the lives of our children and of our family. My 18-year-old daughter jumped on the bed this week while I was in the bedroom, and she goes, Daddy, Daddy, thank you so much for your contribution. Without you, I wouldn't even be here. 
I said, you're welcome, sweetheart. The reality is, see, while being funny at the same time was being serious, that she appreciates her dad being around where she can still jump on the bed and be right up under my arm. Because every, every dad wants acknowledgement from his little girl and every girl wants acknowledgement from her daddy. And no matter how old he is, he's probably still going to be called daddy. Scripture tells us we can call our father in heaven, daddy. Abba. Some of y'all call God the father. You you actually, when you pray, you call him daddy. Poppy. Abba. Because we're allowed to. Because it's affectionate. And it lets us know that we're his. Every boy needs to know that we're his dad. And I think they acknowledge it when you're at a game and they just look up just to see if you're there. And it does something to them. They want acknowledgement. But you know what else a dad wants? A dad wants advancement. Advancement. What does this mean? Your dad wants to see you ascend, advance, grow, develop. Dads want to be proud of their children. In fact, it breaks the heart of a dad to see his or her, his child, uh, whether it's boy or girl, descend into foolishness. It doesn't mean dads aren't aware of their kids' you know, idiosyncrasies and imperfections and the areas of challenge. But dad wants to know that that kid can get a handle on it, get through it, navigate those problems and challenges without remaining there forever. Children, let me tell you, your dads and your moms, they just want you to be happy and healthy and whole. And it's a real bonus if you're holy too. But that's what they desire, a healthy, happy, whole, and even holy child. They want to be proud of you, but they want you to grow and advance. So we see what a father needs. We see what a father wants. Let me talk about what a father loves. Two things. A father loves admonishment and advisement. Let me talk about both of those. Admonishment. To admonish really means to teach or to train. And dads, they, they love to teach, to train, to coach, to guide. Fathers love when their children are obedient and act on what they've told them to do. But when they're disobedient, to help train them and get them corrected right. And, uh, you know, he, he, he loves to teach and he loves to show them how to do things. There's just something about a dad that actually enjoys that. A good, loving father disciplines his child well. And corrects his child appropriately. In fact, it says in Proverbs 29, 17, discipline your son and he will give you peace. He will bring delight to your soul. Discipline your son. He'll bring you peace. A child that's not disciplined is a child that's not loved. Or a child who has parents that are foolish. The reality is some parents want to be friends with their child at an early age, but that is not your primary role to be their friend. I know one day you envision y'all are going to be hanging out together, but the reality is they're not there yet. You can't be their best friend when they're so young. You've got to discipline them and create a bit of a loving distance when it comes to right and wrong so they can respect the guidance that you're giving them. 
There are some parents that just let their kids run rampant. Now, when they're young, it's okay to give them a lot of space, but you have to bring corrections. And dads actually are pretty good at this if they're around. Now, some of them may be a little bit too overbearing. You got to pull that back a little. Some may be too passive. You got to turn that up a little. But the reality is when it comes to your children, who's going to be the primary disciplinarian and who's going to be the one to guide them into what is right? You are. It's important. Listen, don't try to be their best friend at an early age. Be what only you can be, their parent. Be their dad if that's what you are. Because dads who discipline their children love them. That's what the scripture says. And there are a lot of kids that have not been disciplined well and not been corrected well. And maybe some is because they don't have the father in the home, but some is they do have the father in the home, but they bit into this philosophy that I, I can't really correct my kid in public or, or I can't spank my kid or, or I can't, you know, in David's terms, jack my kid up in order for them to be right. Well, let me tell you something. You don't have to agree with me. And remember, you never have to agree with me with everything. You can still be a part of this church and disagree with me. That's okay. Welcome to Bridgeway. It happens to me all the time. But let me just tell you what I'm thinking. Here, If you do not discipline your children, if you do not correct your children, you are actually going to have to deal with them later. That's why this text says when your father disciplines them, it brings you peace. Why? Because when your child gets older, if you do not discipline them, you will not have peace. Here's the second thing they love, and that's advisement. Dads love to advise. And I do too, by the way. Um, you just, I think most grown-ups love to give advice when they're asked by someone younger anyway. But uh, as dads, there's just something about when your kid comes. You wait for some of you who have younger kids, wait till they get a bit older after the admonishing is over. And now you've moved from the, uh, the disciplinary teacher now to the advising coach. Now, that transition I never fully got in my life personally because my father died when I was 21. I was just making that turn. But for those of you who have the blessing of having a relationship with your father after you're an adult, to be able to have that advisory, consulting role is something that I'm sure you love because I love it with my kids. Proverbs 23, 22 says, listen to your father who gave you life and do not despise your mother when she is old. In Proverbs 23, verse 24, it says this, the father of a righteous man has great joy. He who has a wise son delights in him. I love when they come to me for advice. Again, my 20-year-old Luke just asked me. It was really something simple, but he was trying to get a plane ticket to, to go out to the West Coast. And so uh, he bought the plane ticket, and then he needed to change the ticket. And again, really, really simple. But he texts me. He goes, Dad, I have to change the ticket. I've never done that before. How do you change a ticket? I said, son, I'm glad you asked. I don't know. Call my assistant, Tony. But, I mean, I thought that just the advice of who to call, I thought was... That's what dads are for. No, I copied and pasted the phone number to the airline. He called it, changed it later. He was like, it's all done. Something real simple, but I was able to tell him something that he could actually go do. Well, you've heard me say it before. I'm not the perfect pastor, the perfect husband, or the perfect father. Uh, I'll say it because it's true, not because I'm trying to be extra humble. But I will say that my 
18-year-old daughter is, is a wonderful girl, and my 20-year-old boy is a driven dude, and, and my 23-year-old son, uh, Isaiah, who I've not talked about, but I will now, uh, has just been uh, a blessing to us now that he's graduated. Those are the three kids. Uh, now that he's graduated from college, and he's working in, in New York. But uh, last month on my birthday, uh, Isaiah sent me a letter. And, um, you know, it was an unexpected gift. And by the way, what a great gift, right? When your kids write you letters or when they're little kids, they make you things. Um, I said to my wife, you know, when it's Father's Day, when it's my birthday, could y'all not get me anything? She says, why? I said, because I'm the one paying for it anyway. And so it's just kind of like. <laughs> y'all know what I'm talking about, though? They'd be like, it's your birthday. Let's go to Ruth's Chris. <laughs> It's my birthday. Let's go to McDonald's. <laughs> no, but, but uh, he writes me this letter. And I'm going to tell you something. It's, it's worth more than gold to me. I wasn't expecting it. I'm going to read it to you now, only because I got permission from him uh, to read it uh, to you. And I cut some parts out. And I'm going to invite Pastor just to come up and uh, stand on the stage. So that way, uh, when I'm done, I can just uh, walk off and I'll see you in the lobby. But also because maybe my eyes will get a little bit misty and I can't quite see very well. Dad, there is no more direct, precise, and full way to express how I feel other than to simply say, I love you. Instead, I'll share some powerful memories I have from the past 23 years. Almost drowning in a pool, and next thing I know, I'm safe in your arms, my superhero. Getting hush puppies at a gas station for our father's Sunday taking me to Centennial Park to try to share with me parts of your past you aren't proud of. The times I confessed in Deep Creek my sin to you and was terrified of your wrath, only to be met with love and wisdom. My baptism, where I felt your love and pride. Crying on the bus to the airport after meeting Korean grandma and seeing your tears under the sunglasses I was comforted knowing you were sad too. Every Christmas family Bible reading. During the Baltimore riots, hearing you tell me how hard it is to spend your whole life trying to bring reconciliation to this country, yet see racial tension intensify. See you get, a, get on stage to lead a service for the community and bring together cops and the public and feeling my inner tension between fear for your life in such a polarized time and deep pride. Every time you said, wake me up, fourth quarter. <laughs> my first cigar, my first beer, my first blackout, coming home and hearing you say, respect the alcohol and it will respect you. <laughs> I really said that. You arguing with my football coach to put me in the game because I know you wanted to see me succeed and do what I worked so hard to do. You and mom coming to, all my, coming to Boston to my concerts uh, in college. In fact, I should throw in every other performance you came to for 12 years. A specific altar call where I came down crying and you wrapped me up and wiped my tears away. I could keep going and going with memories that are special for one reason or another. Every word of wisdom, every bad joke, every laugh, 
every car ride. Meals, trips, cigars, quiet moments, these memories stick with me and shape who I am, a person I love being. There is one more powerful memory that I can't reflect on without getting teary-eyed, and it is during our 20-year anniversary at the Bridgeway Gala when Uncle Robert said four words, Dad would be proud. I saw how deeply that touched you, and it moved me, because you have always said, I love you, or I'm proud of you. Not only have you vocalized it, but you've shown it, but you've shown up to everything I've done and cheered me on. I've never doubted that I am loved because of you and mom. I want to be successful for you, to show how deeply thankful for all you have given and taught me. But I am certain that if I fail, you are proud of me. No matter who abandons me, I have you and mom. I selfishly say, happy 52nd birthday, dad, because that means I have another year with the most important person in my life. You've been listening to Real Talk with Dr. David Anderson, Weekend Edition, a ministry of Bridgeway Community Church. We would love to have you join us at Bridgeway in our Performing Arts Theater in Columbia, Maryland, for one of our three identical Sunday services at 8 a.m., 10 a.m., and noon. Or join us online at www.bridgeway.cc. Real Talk with Dr. David Anderson airs live weekdays on this station and is ready to take your calls. Tune in at 3 p.m. weekdays on WAVA 105.1 FM. We hope to see you tomorrow at church. Star General Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.